Hey everyone, welcome to the show. You're listening to Can I, the Latchel podcast named for the acronym Continuous and Never-Ending Improvement. At Latchel, we have a deep belief that you can't get better by staying the same. And our podcast is here to give you the tools and resources you need to achieve healthy growth. As a Y Combinator-backed company, we know what it takes to have rapid, accelerated growth, and we want to pass our learnings along to you. At Latchel, we help property managers and landlords grow and scale by taking over 24-7 maintenance operations. We've developed an innovative mix of software and on-demand support to help do that. Each week, On this show, we bring on industry experts and we dive into the topics that'll help you shape your business. Welcome to the show. Let's get going. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the session. I'm Ethan Lieber here, the CEO of Lateral, uh, here with our co-founder and COO, Will Gordon. At Latchel, of course, we handle 24-7 maintenance coordination for property managers, so you can focus on more important things like growing your business. Yeah. When Ethan and I first started Latchel, we were looking to take my grandfather's property portfolio and turn it into a very tech-enabled property management business. We saw a huge opportunity to just focus on maintenance, so that's why we started just Latchel, to be 100% focused on maintenance, maintenance coordination. We saw how much work it takes to take a property management company, get it off the ground. There's just so many different challenges you have, and that's why we're here with Deb, a property management consultant. She runs a property management company of her own and consults others on the best ways to grow. So welcome to the show, Deb. Thanks. Hi, guys. Yeah. Awesome. Deb, I'd love to start uh, with a like, quick intro about you. I uh, would love to learn a little bit more about your background, how you even got into property management. What were you doing before that? Tell us a little bit about yourself. I always tell people I got into property management because of stupidity. It wasn't like something I set out to do. I just kind of fell into it. Um, buying my own properties, really with the... Um, the reason why I started buying my own properties and building my own rental portfolio was to get out of debt. That was like my number one reason. And I started um, buying them as fix and flips. And so I would partner with somebody and we would buy the property and then I would do all the work, which is kind of why I fell in love with maintenance from the very beginning, because I started right away doing all of the maintenance, tearing down walls, putting up walls, toilets, everything, you name it. And so that's really how it kind of built from there. Then after doing some fix and flips, I started holding on to some portfolios and some duplexes mostly, and um, then building my rental portfolio that way. Um, the real, the reason, you know, how real-time leasing the management company started was as I was holding on to the rental properties, I can even remember my very first one and the address, but as I was holding on to them, I didn't want I I intuitively knew that I didn't want my tenants to know who I was. I didn't want them to know that I was the owner because I didn't want to worry about that personal relationship of, you know, if they didn't have their rent and I still had a mortgage to pay. So I created the company really as a facade and kind of hid behind behind the company, even though it was just me, it was only me. That was the company for, for in the very beginning. And as we, um, as I continue to build the portfolio and buy more properties, Really, it was, you know, you're at the closing table and people are like, oh, you know, are the realtors like, I, I, I have another real estate agent that has an investor. Would you consider, 
you know, managing for them. And I was like, sure, it can't be that difficult. So I really just built it organically without any mm-hmm. intention to be um, a large firm at all. And then um, after about 50 properties, I hired um, my first employee who still is my employee today and actually runs the company uh, for me so I can concentrate on other um, ventures. I started my maintenance company in 2009. Um, and then I started consulting the consulting firm uh, in 2010 and then has really just really focused on consulting the last couple of years. How did you get started into consulting? Was it just people asking you? And the, yeah, what, um, yeah, a lot of it. I think I made that leap because bef- my life before property management and before real estate was um, I did teaching. I did. Um, I was at the University of Colorado and I, I taught some um, poli sci courses, and I really enjoyed the education piece. And I focused on also building my own knowledge outside of, you know, my, my college degree, right? I built um, learning Six Sigma and EOS and kind of other things that would help me as a business owner and then um, working with others. And it really just, again, it it kind of grew organically as well. um, But sharing my knowledge and expertise in a different way and just teaching others on Um, And what I've learned in doing consulting is there's not a right way or a wrong way that people are running property management companies. Everybody does it differently and that's okay. But you have to figure out how to help them run their company that suits their culture and their needs and what, what their goals are really. So what is their end goal? And, you know, some people want to grow to a thousand doors or 1500 doors, but do they have the capacity to do that? And then helping them along the way and breaking everything down in phases and putting that into a roadmap, almost like a Gantt chart and make it, you know, and then phase everything out so that they're not overwhelmed. I think the biggest problem is that people get really overwhelmed pretty quickly on um, wanting to do everything at once. You go to a conference, you go to a trade show and you see you guys are there, you see your competitors are there. Um, but, and you know, and there's three or four different property software, property management software companies. It's like you get, overwhelmed and then you're going to sessions and listening to speakers and their information and knowledge is great. And so a lot of times people start a project, um, I call it a project, but maybe they start down the path of signing up with somebody and, and start that project and don't either finish it or don't know how, or, or just don't have the bandwidth to do it. They don't have the support back um, at their home office or um, they're just not, um, built in a sense to be able to execute in addition, you know, with they're, they're visionary. They're not really the integrator of the whole project. It sounds like you're a, a business coach, but with a focus on property management, because right? all the, all those things that you're describing are just general, general business needs. I need yeah, to have I a vision. What, How do I turn right, that into reality? Exactly. But what sets me apart, I think from coaches that are out there that I think do a really good job is that, I go into your business and I actually help you implement this. And I think you guys know that as well, um, where um, if I'm going to either give somebody a referral or if I'm going to help them set up a system, I'm actually doing it for them. I'm helping them also learn how to read their you know, P&L, um, look for revenue streams, but I'm helping them implement all of that stuff in there because the challenge with sometimes when you listen to a coach, which are great, they sometimes just don't know how to get from that point to this point. The coach is here and they 
they just need help. And that's not, um, and that's where I, I kind of call myself the fixer. I just go in and I kind of help fix that situation and, and put the pieces together, make sure they're running. And then, you know, yeah. So not just have your client out. figure out how to move the ball. Exactly. Forward. You actually move the ball forward for people too. Yes. That, that's, exactly. that's an amazing service. Yeah. Is there a typical like customer profile that you have? Like when you're working or consulting with a company, do they, is there some mold that those companies fit? Not, you know, not really. It's interesting because I do both single family and multifamily. So I have multifamily mm -hmm. clients as well, and they have very different needs than single family. And then in single family, you know, my smallest client had 85 doors and my largest is, you know, almost 7,000. So we're all over the map on where people fall. And, um, and again, it's just based off their structure and their needs. You know, everybody at some point needs um, a reevaluation of their business to make sure and to kind of, you know, do you have a business plan? And what is it in one year, three years, and in five years? Um, and to make sure that we're following down that path and, and not missing anything um, that you want in that plan to go forward. Some people want growth, like I said. Some people don't want growth, but they want efficiency. Yeah. And they and they want to step out and completely and never take an email and never um, set foot in the office or anything. So if they're looking for just efficiency, that's a whole different plan that we have to set up. So with... with clients with such diverse needs, I'd love you to walk us through your process. How do you identify the pain points and the goals for, for the consulting engagement? Um, there's a couple different ways I do it. The most effective way is if I go on site. So um, I, I do have this unique ability to go on site and assess people pretty easily, um, discern not just their personality, but really their personality at work and watch them and observe how they're doing business. And I'm not talking about the business owner. I'm actually talking about their, their entire team and going in and talking to their team because I know the business, I, I know the questions to ask. So I'm trying to figure out how they're doing processes every single day, going through that entire life cycle of property management. Tell me how you onboard a property. You know, tell me how you market a property. How do you run an application? And I'm looking for, you know, consistency or what tools they're using. So some may be using software, some may be using workflow automation tools, and really trying to see if everybody's on the same page. What usually happens is what the business owner thinks is happening and what the employee is doing are not the same thing. Although they sort of are trying to speak the same language, um, yeah. but it's um, a lot of times the business owner has said, okay, I need you to do this. Can you figure it out? And so the employee has taken it and, and done what they can. But at the same time, sometimes they don't have the resources to know all the opportunities of, you know, different tools out there for them to use. And so that's where I come in and ask questions, you know, tell me why you're doing it this way, you know, and have you thought about it doing it this way? What are the most common things you see that like right off the bat, you'd have a pretty good idea of these are probably some areas to look for improving. Are there any like common ones that you see all the time? Well, um, I tell people there's three basic things to focus on for a company. It's people, process, and technology, because you need all three, uh, especially in this day and age, you, you definitely need the technology. Um, although I've had clients do things on pen and paper before. And so getting them into the, you know, but checklists are okay or writing everything down may be okay, but at the same time, it's not gonna move the company forward 
um, when your competitors are pretty much going to eat your lunch if they're if they're doing the technology that's out there. Um, so I think to answer your question, I, it, it really comes down to the people. You, we need employees. We need them to run the company. Um, and how are they set up and how efficient are they? Sometimes they're not in the right seat, in the right bus, and we have to move people around or we have to exit people. And I've helped do that before, or I've helped hire people and, and, um, and bring in that piece of it. So build that foundation and then look at the processes and then look at, you know, your policies, your procedures, your, um, you know, how your process flows. Um, the continuation of how that business is going, and then looking at the technology that you're using to run it. Um, on average, I have calculated that um, there's about between seven and eight different systems that people, a, a, a property management company, will use on a regular basis. If you, you know, that could be anything from your phone system to workflow automation to Latchel to, you know. Um, a rently or a tenant turner or something else that brings, you know, your call center for anything. So all of those things we need to um, help run the business and whether that's employees in-house or we're utilizing third-party, you know, vendors to help drive efficiency. How do you help a company decide like which way to go on these different things? For example, do we do it in-house? Do we use a third party? What type of software do we use? Is there like right. a, a layer you're using to help define which way a company should go? It's really just, um, again, observing how they're doing it now. So, and really feeling out what their needs are, what their wants are. Again, this goes back to the company. Some people want that phone answered live every single time. You will find people who want that and that's okay. But is that, is, will that work? So um, depending on the size of the company, it could, um, or it may not. And so we have to look at other options and then introducing options for them and um, helping them evaluate the cost of it. Does that fit into their budget and um, you know, working that. So a lot of it is talking through a whole bunch of different ideas, what they're comfortable with. Because remember, I'm going to help implement it, but in the end, they have to run with it. So I don't, I don't want, it's like, it's like you, nobody wants to put a bad tenant in a property because we have to manage that tenant, right? So in the end, we really don't want to put just a warm body in a property. The people that do that are usually self-managed, you know, homeowners that are just trying to get their mortgage paid. As yeah. property managers, we actually do care about our business and we're trying to make sure that, you know, if we're managing 200 or 400 properties, that could be, you know, 400 or 800 tenants because there's usually two tenants per property. So we know that managing tenants can be difficult. So we want to do that. It's the same thing with your business. We don't want, I don't want to help you implement a system you're never going to use. I don't want you to waste money. I want you to use the product and be happy with it. Are there like common mistakes that you see when you go in that you, you have to yes. work to fix? What are those? I think the biggest mistake I find is that people, um, employers will use, the business owners will use employees to plug a problem. Does that make sense? Like put a bandaid on a problem. Like um, their solution is, oh, I just need another body then to do that whole piece of the pie, right? Mm -hmm. That whole process. And that's usually not the case. A lot of times, you know, the 
I always say, I never like to hear an employee say I'm overwhelmed or, oh, it's just, I have so much to do, I can't do it all. Well, then either we have to break down then their roles and their responsibilities and see if they're truly managing too much and is there too much on their plate or are they not being efficient? So yeah. the number one complaint usually has to be, is centered around people on, you know, employers want to make their people happy, which is great. And I think they should, but at the same time, how much capacity can that person manage? Um, it may be, again, just a bad fit or um, it just, it may be where we have to just drive efficiency in a different manner and change our processes. A lot of times it's, there's a lot of gaps in the communication between processes and between people. Some people are not talking to, you know, they, they either rely too heavily on the software or not enough. What, what does each one look like? Like relying too heavily on, on, on a software versus relying not enough? Like how, how does, how does somebody try to thread that needle? Well, so it depends again on how a business is set up. But if you think about marketing a property, for example, who's marketing the property? What are the, ex you know, so we break all that down. How do you market a property day? Where do you market it? Do you do that strictly in the software? And then when you push the button to go live, does everybody in the office know? Like, is there some sort of an email that goes out? How does, you know, how do you guys communicate with the team to say, hey, one, two, three Main Street is now on? Zillow and, and everywhere else and on our website. So how do you let that team know? And how do you let the leasing agent or the self, you know, do, do you set up that up in tenant turner to be self-managed or, you know, or self-shown or something like that? So what are you doing to make sure that all of the check marks are done and that you're communicating with the next, you know, person in charge of that area? So if it's one you know, the smaller the company, you it's a little bit easier because that person is usually wearing many hats. But as you grow a company, at some point, you have to bring in more people. How do we communicate? Um, sometimes it is through workflow automation. And so they're relying heavily on a Podio or a HubSpot or something or like an Asana. And they're relying heavily on that and not at, at the same and still not communicating. They're not holding weekly meetings. They're not, um, you know, some people have daily huddles, some people do weekly meetings, some people only do once a month meetings, what's more efficient. Um, I work with some companies who don't have um, a brick and mortar office, and they only come in once a week or once a month at like a WeWork space um, to, to work together. And everybody then they work remotely. For some, that's really effective. A lot of people don't find that very effective. So again, it's strategizing with the homeowner and, or not the homeowner, but the business owner, but also, you know, where's that business located? So if you have rural Pennsylvania um, versus a big city in Atlanta, you're going to have two different types of businesses. Yeah, when you're talking about all that communication steps mm -hmm. that are necessary, I think it's really right. easy for, for business owners to, to miss that. And to think, you know, if I'm going to implement this technology, everything's going to going to work because this technology, say, handles marketing for me or marketing these, these uh, emails. Yes. You mentioned uh, Six Sigma earlier. One thing that we do inside of Latchel is we, we use a, um, a methodology with processes. It's um, fairly straightforward. It's just ripped from Six Sigma. I think it's called a SIPOC. Um, but it, every process has inputs. Every process has outputs. Every okay. input is supplied by somebody. Every single output is consumed. There's a customer. Yes. And we just map out for every single process what comes in, what goes out, whatever goes out, who who actually needs to make uh, get that information, 
And do we have a system in place to ensure that the inputs are coming in, the outputs are actually coming out? And going exactly. Open a can of worms as soon as you Sorry, said Six no, Sigma. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> And not very many people know about it, so it's fine. Yeah. So yeah, you're going through and you're defining, you're measuring, you're analyzing, you're going through that whole process, right? And you have to do that with every single, um, you know, and I look at the whole life cycle of property management and there's all these little steps that you have to take care of. Because if you think about it, even within the application process, there's a whole bunch of steps that we have to make sure who's touching it and where, you know, again, who's, you, you a company may have a lot of VAs that are managing the whole application piece, but once they're done, who's, where's that, you know, how is that getting communicated? And yeah, the input, the output, all of that. Yeah, it's a, it's all about communication flows. So do, do you have any other tools that you, you use as you're thinking about a business beyond just communication working? Or is that like the magic piece that you try to work across the entire business? Um, well, what do you, I guess, what do you mean by tools? You mean like when, when you're thinking about solving the, the problems for, oh, for your business, okay. meeting those goals, like what other, what other ways are you viewing the problems? I'm looking at it as finding the root cause of the problem. So everybody, the, the reason why they've hired me is probably because there's some pain point in the business. And what I find is that what they think the pain point is in digging deeper is not always the root, you know, there's a root cause to what's going on and figuring out what that is. We may have to back up. They may want to say, they may want to go, I need you to fix this, but I have to look at the whole process and this say, but I actually need to, I have to, yeah, I have to fix this first before I can get to this. Because if I just, you know, if I fix one piece of it, it's like, um, the best way I can describe it is like if you have software, you guys know this, software with API, right? So if I fix something, a functionality in software, um, guaranteed there's going to be a glitch somewhere else in the system because I didn't think through the entire process. I just focused on one problem. And sometimes when you fix a functionality that's not working in software, inevitably it breaks something else, right? And so that's what you have. And, and that happens when you're using API and and you have all this open, you know, shared um, systems. And so you have to be careful that if you're trying to fix one thing and it could be a person, the, maybe the problem really isn't the person. It could be the trainer. How did you train that person? And so it's, yeah, digging deeper. It is through talking, communication, but um, it's, you know, I, I have this whole intake process when I'm taking on a client and I'm asking for certain things and they go, well, why do you need that? because I'm looking at the whole business at a 30,000 foot level and I have to, and from there I can pretty quickly discern what, you know, if what you're thinking is wrong is what is wrong and then seeing how it's all, you know, it, it all piles in together. It's all a big puzzle. A question like I, I get a lot actually when I'm talking with our customers and even, even not customers. Um, but the, the question I always get is a lot of times, uh, owners of property management companies, they don't even know how to benchmark their performance. Right. Like they, they don't even know, like, am I doing well in this or not well? Like one of the questions I get all the time is how many people should I expect to have for a number of units? Like so that's the I think, one I get I think, all the time. I think that's the infamous question that's out there for everybody. And again, this goes back to what I said in the beginning. It depends on how you run your company and how big your company is and how you're structured. So I don't think there is a magic number to say, 
you have 150 properties, you need three people. Um, now, if you have 150 properties and have six people, it pretty much will probably tell you you have too many people. But at the same time, initially, that might be my gut reaction. But then I discover, well, two of those are just sales, like completely not part of property management. Two of them are maintenance, not part of property management. And then two are in property management. Well, then that's different. So, but at this, you know, because you have revenue coming in from sales, I hopefully have revenue coming in from maintenance and I have revenue coming in from property management. So now I'm looking at probably three different P&Ls and how yeah. are we, and again, so how is it structured? So you can't have a knee jerk reaction to say, oh my gosh, you have too many people because um, it, they, they may have it structured so very, very differently. Um, but you're right about the benchmarking because that's another thing that I do is I help them benchmark their competitors. That's one tool that I do use. And when benchmarking their competitors, we're looking at revenue streams, you know, software applications, um, all of that to see where they lot, you know, where they fall in to their competitors in their market. Um, and that's one piece of it. I'm also looking at, um, I call it this organizational calendar. So regardless of what month it is, it could be January, it could be June, July, right? Um, during the month, you always have these certain milestones as a company that you need to hit. For example, rent's due on the first, maybe it's due on the second, maybe it's due on the third, maybe it's due on the fifth, depends on the company. And then what do you do the day after rent is due? You start calling, dialing for dollars is what I call it, right? Jerry Lewis telephone. Okay. So we're, we're picking up the phone, we're calling people and we're saying, where's your rent? So there's there's all these processes, no matter what month it is, there's certain things that you do in four departments, accounting, marketing, property management, and maintenance. And within those departments, you're gonna have little subsets, right? But if you break it down to four main departments, some companies, marketing will be part of property management. But the idea to break it out into those four arenas is to hit to understand which milestones those areas each have so that when you're looking at this calendar, this monthly calendar, you're like, oh my gosh, it's the six. I should have a report generated to me that tells me all of my delinquencies. And maybe again on the 14th before I file an eviction. And at the end of the month, I should be looking at all my open work orders. So this is where KPIs come in, right? So then you we start looking at what KPIs are you tracking because that's another important thing. So I'm kind of a report geek. I love reports. I think a company is well driven with really good reporting. You don't need a lot, but you need really good, accurate reporting. Sometimes you need them weekly and sometimes you need them monthly. Um, so there's like top 10, there's a, I have a top 10 reports that I um, have on my website that I tell people, these are the things that I think you should be looking at as far as reports go for your business every single month. Building those key performance indicators, if you're, I, I imagine a lot of your clients maybe have very few when they start and by the time that they're done with you, they, they have uh, a lot. Mm -hmm. what, what's the fastest way somebody listening could get a, a an important KPI in track? Like what software should they use? What, if, what do they probably use already that they could use more of? Well, so each property management software does have reports built in. Folio, Buildium, PropertyWare, Yardy, they all have reporting. It's just what are you measuring and making sure, you know, what's important to your business. Um, again, this goes with your goals. Um, on my website, so you can go to um, either the long version of realtimeconsultingservices.com or we fix your biz. Um, 
com backslash tools, you will actually, um, there's a whole bunch of different tools that I offer um, people to look at on things that they should be measuring a lot. And um, I think Will's, he's like, are you typing it up right now? <laughs> I could, um, yeah. Yeah, so I'm looking at it too. <laughs> oh, are you? Okay. So um, from there, it will, I, you know, I talked about that operational calendar. I talked about KPIs. I talked about the 10 hype, you know, reports that I think should be pulled. So those are the things, again, these are just, op, you know, exercises that I encourage clients to kind of get started with. With your software, you can set these reports up to be automatically generated to you. So, um, at, you know, each, each software does it a little bit differently. So you'd have to kind of figure out how to uh, and tweak it within the software. Some do it um, where you can measure uh, custom fields that you've created. Others don't have that, but other, you know, may have tags that you, you know, can, can uh, pull reports off of. But it's looking at, you know, your move-ins. Who's, who's moving in in the next seven days? Who moved out seven days ago? And then, um, you know, your security deposit dispositions, making sure you're tracking that in a timely manner because you don't want to miss that deadline. Again, that's going to be something you put as a milestone on your calendar, right? So making sure as, as a company, when you're really wanting to go um, figure out what you need to do to fix your company, it's really getting down to the basics. And that's really what these are. Is there just... Some of them, some people will go, well, that's just so, I mean, duh, I know that. But you'd be surprised how that gets missed. They probably say, duh, I knew that, but why am I not doing it? Maybe, <laughs> right? hopefully, right. So, um, and, or a lot of people do start off that way, but then they get lost. Like they, you know, just business gets busy and that's great. Businesses, sometimes growth is not the hardest part for people. Growth is Usually, if you really apply yourself, growth actually can happen. But when growth happens, what gets neglected? And that's all of this. The you know, property management one on one gets neglected. All the basics. Do you see like plateaus, like these common plateaus people yeah. hit, where either they hit a certain point in growth and now things start breaking in the operations side, or I, no? You yes, they are. There are definitely. Um, I have this. Um, I've given this. Uh, I don't know what you call it, a breakout session before on where people, again, it's when you're scaling your business, where those trigger points are really when you scale. For some people, it's like 150 properties. Um, it, it's then maybe 400 properties, four to 500 properties. Then you see it again at seven to 900 properties. There are these scales where you kind of hit this plateau and you're like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm stagnant. I'm, I'm not moving what, what needs to be ruffled and changed. Mm -hmm. And that's when you look at your business. Again, you have to look at your business again at a different map in a different way and tweak it just like, um, everything, just like your HOA dues that that change every year. So do, you know, so does all of, you know, software and business operations and things like that. We need to be looking at our business every single year at a minimum. Um, if not quarterly is what I recommend. So when I do strategic planning with companies, I recommend, and I have this whole map of, you know, and I think that is actually on that whole tool thing as well is looking at your whole year and breaking it down by quarters and what you should be doing each quarter and each month. So it's not overwhelming, but we have to be looking at our business in such a way that we don't lose sight of what our goals are as well. So we have a question about like, one specifically about project manager 
Com, but I, I'm curious, like, what tools do you recommend your clients put in place? Is it just a calendar invite to themselves and Google Calendar or whatever else it is to keep <clears throat> these these routines in place? So again, I think it will go back to that person and how maybe savvy they are with technology. Um, some people will build it into their workflow automation, which is great. So a lot of people, if they're using Asana, that's something that you can easily build in. Same with Podio. Um, and same with HubSpot. So you can build those reminders in there or set your calendar to um, block off time every quarter so that you can review the previous quarter. I think that's the biggest challenge is finding the time because it's, we know it's the end of the month and you know the end of Q2 is not always the best time to say, I'm gonna take three days off and go to the cabin and you know look at my business. It doesn't work, we say that or, um, but, it, but it doesn't work for everybody. So it's, um, it's what works for them. So if a calendar is what will work with a, you know, an alarm, great. Uh, if it's an automated tool, something that will pop up, some sort of a reminder, there's all sorts of technology that allows them to do that. Sounds like you match the tool to the person. I do. Yeah. That's, that's part of the whole process. Again, it's making sure that the person, you know, cause Podio is not a super easy out of the box or neither a Salesforce, right? So do we build something that works for them to grow with them or do they need something a little bit simpler? One of the uh, things that I think has been helpful for us, Will and I, as business owners, has been bringing in the entire team into holding each other accountable, holding the company right. itself accountable for doing things that, that are big, like big strategic sessions, big important meetings, priorities meetings, and things like that. Um, how involved do you get with with the team when you're in a client engagement? Well, I think it's very important to have the team involved on all levels. So, especially when you are onboarding a new client and in a you know in your firm, everybody should know who you know that you brought in a client um, and you brought in a new property or two properties or five properties. Right? We all you know everyone from property management to leasing to marketing to accounting and to maintenance, because we don't want it to just all of a sudden show up in our software one day and go surprise, like, you, you know, so again, this is going back to the communication. What are we doing? Are we having level 10 meetings? Are we having, you know, strategic planning sessions and who's involved in those? So, you know, again, depending on the size of the company, you could have your executive team, you know, map everything out and then you bring it to the entire um, company. Um, you know, thinking of it like a, a, a board of a directors, you know, you have your executive board and then you have your entire board of directors. It, it's, you know, things have to go in phases as well. And um, some people have stakeholders into their company. And so they can't really just make decisions without conferring with their stakeholders and making sure that everything is in line and then rolling it out to the entire team. Um, but with, um, you know, property management companies, generally they're, they don't have all of those, you know, people in their way. So it may be a little bit easier to make changes, policy changes, mm -hmm. and they can be quicker, but it's, but having the buy-in, here's the other thing. If you don't have the buy-in of your entire team and you make a decision and change it, what if they, again, this goes back to what they're doing every day on a process and what you think they should be doing. So they might know it's not going to work. So who really drives the change? It really is from the bottom up, not from, it shouldn't be from top down all the time you should encourage those who are actually doing the work to bring forth the ideas. That's one way to also help them feel like they have 
ownership into the company and that they're valued as a company. I'm kind of curious, like when you're working with uh, or consulting with uh, a property management company, let's say they're trying to get like over one of these plateaus that they've hit um, and maybe they're, they're, you've never met them before and, you know, they discover you maybe right now so, someone's listening in that's at a plateau and they might contact you and say, hey, let, let, let's talk. When you work with them, what is that? How, how long is that engagement? Does it become like a permanent, do you become like a permanent fixture there? consulting with them regularly, like every six yeah. months, or is it like really hyper-focused like one month and then you're, you're gone? What does that look like? So it, it's pretty hyper-focused in a two to three month period. Sometimes it'll stretch mm -hmm. out to four. I have one client that I'm still working with and it's been 10 maybe months. So it's mm -hmm. again, size of company, strategic planning, what are we rolling out? So some projects are much bigger than others. Um, Multifamily takes a little bit longer at times too, because they um, there's things on a larger scale and there's different sites that we have to work with. But with single family, um, it's usually hyper focused because we're obviously going in to fix an issue that's a you know right away that's a problem, and we're fixing that, and then we're rolling it out, and then we're going to see how it works. You know, sometimes it will then tweak something else to maybe not work as efficiently, and then we have to go and fix that. So um, I do encourage clients who I've worked with to say, okay, let's check back in six months. Again, you know, how did how is this working for you? How is so-and-so working for you? Maybe because we moved people around or maybe we hired new people. Um, what's the next phase? So we break it down in phases. And sometimes we only focus on phase one and we may take a break because of the busy time of year. And then we may go into phase two. I'm kind of curious, uh, you might not be able to say names. If you can, would love to hear names, but do you have a few success stories you could share with us? Um, I will share one name because I think he would be okay with this. It's um, Decker Realty out of Missouri. His name is Steve, oh my gosh, my Young. I was just like, my mind just drew a blank, Steve Young. Um, yeah, I mean, I. I tend not to, you know, unless my client wants me to share them, but um, I, I know Steve wouldn't mind. I've worked with um, GC Realty out of uh, Chicago. I don't think Cliff would mind either that I that I just name dropped his name. And they have a very good company as well. Um, and both are actually, you know, I think Cliff's company is pushing 900. Steve's company is probably at 1500 now doors. Um, and, you know, Steve's problem in the beginning uh, when I first came on, and this was a couple of years ago, was um, he had a lot of people and they were overlapping. Some people were overlapping and doing things that they, you know, other people were doing, but because of that communication, they didn't really know that, oh, they were doing that. So again, it's kind of breaking down the whole roles and responsibilities and finding out, you know, we, we kind of had to map out the entire structure of the or you know their org mm. chart entirely look at the org chart and then kind of go from there and then it phased into other things we you know focused on property management and then we focused on maintenance um, and making that more efficient um, a lot of times when i come in for maintenance um, one of the biggest things is because their staff has become overwhelmed with you know work orders have gotten away from them they they have you know if you have a company of 200 and you have 300 open work orders there's a problem so how did that happen and how do we fix that? And it's, um, you know, who forgot to close the, you know, again, it's whose step was it to close that 
that loop on closing the work order? Was it the accounting person? Was it the maintenance coordinator? Like who in somebody's mind is supposed to be doing it? And sometimes again, they thought so-and-so was doing it and that's not the case. And now I've got open work orders and I'm hoping that when I see that it's not because I've missed billing, right? I, I'd hate for that to happen. And I hate owners to lose money or not owners, you know, business owners to lose money. Yeah. You know, they forgot to bill owners. And how would you like to, you know, if you own rental properties and your property management company came to you four months after a work order was completed and said, oh, by the way, you owe us $500. So it's, it comes into, again, driving that, getting that down and, and what, what was that trigger point and, and fixing it. Yeah. And it, just you describing that, it totally makes sense why it's such a customized approach, business to business. In some businesses, it might make sense for it to be the accounting department that closes it. In others, yes. it might be the maintenance department. In others, it might be the property management department. And it really becomes a you know, who should be responsible yeah. in this particular company. And that's why I think, again, it goes back to, um, you know, everybody's an expert. I understand that when, you know, it's when it comes to their own business. And so they want to share their knowledge, but it's not going to work for everybody. And so that's where you really have to spend time into their business and understand how they are structured and what their, um, what they want their culture to be like and what their expectation is. If their expectation is they only want three employees and they expect those three employees to do everything that we need to figure out how many doors each employee can, you know, Maybe we structure it in a more portfolio fashion than a department fashion. And so um, at some point, you know, the fastest way to grow a property management company is to really focus it with, you know, portfolio based, right? Everybody's taking on more roles. They're wearing more hats because they can do more, um, but they may not be able to handle as many properties. So you, you need more portfolio managers. But then if they're all, you know, bringing in properties, you build a company pretty quickly. But after a while, that may not be the most efficient way and you may have to change going now to a department style and that's okay to do as well. Again, it depends on what your vision is for the entire company and where you want to be. If you want more, you know, some people want more offices. They don't just want one office. Some people want to open another office. And if you're doing that, then we have to centralize things, right? And so now we're focusing on doing that. That I don't want to take too much more time because I do want to open up to any like questions and leave, leave that open. But um, I want to dig into a little bit of your change management process because yes. you just described, you know, you have portfolios. That's a great way yep. to grow quickly. But then as you scale, like I could imagine quality and consistency across portfolios might be an issue. And also yeah. it, it's there, so you have to have a change. Agent. Yeah. So you have yeah. to have a change agent. You know this, right? So you have to have somebody that's going to and it can't always be me because I'm not going to be living there forever type of thing. So I'm kind of the initial change agent, so to speak, but I'm training the person that's going to be driving this. And it's usually not the business owner. In fact, I don't really want it to be the business owner. I need the business owner to continue being innovative and thinking forward thinking in their business um, on, on what they want to do for their business and supporting their staff. But you know, I'm looking for somebody who is, you know, that can become the director of operations, the general manager, the VP, or somebody like that, right? That can be that change agent that's managing all of those things that are going on. That's uh, pretty, yeah, I think that's excellent advice because if the owner getting bogged down in that, it also makes it even feel more like it's coming top down. Then yes. Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's not as organic of a process and the owner has different things that they should be focusing on. 
as, as a company. Well, exactly. So they should be, you know, they should be thinking of innovative ideas for promoting their business or going out and networking in, in a way that they want to do it or not even going into the office at all yeah. or what, you know, what works. For like a company um, coming to you to yeah. engage in a consulting relationship and maybe even a, it, it might not even be the business owner coming to you. It might be the business owner just wanting to make a big change and designating someone else in their mm -hmm. company to be that change agent. What are the things they should have prepared before even engaging to, to put you or someone else in their company that's a change agent on the right path? Well, I think we we need to be, the structure of the company is a big one, right? So the organization of you know the team in general, and mm. making sure that that kind of structure is in place. It can change, but um, making sure their financials are in place and and in order, because usually your change agent isn't going to be covering your they're not covering the company financials. But at the same time, if they want to make changes or want to implement new things because they're, you know, trying to be innovative with ideas, we have to make sure that can be in line with what yeah. the budget is as well. So they need to, you know, we need to have a budget. We need to kind of strategic plan with whoever that person would be on mapping out what their role would be and um, having expectations that they have to report back into the business owner. So before even starting if somebody was about, wanted to engage with you uh, on a consulting yeah. project now, uh, is there any homework that you would want them to do beforehand or would you be able to help them get those I, preconditions I, in place? I pretty much help them with those things that they need, but I do have this intake checklist that I kind of give them saying, I'm looking at, I want to look at your P&L and I'm looking at it on a very different level of, I'm just looking at basic. I want to know what your income and your expenses. I'm not, because for the most part, expenses are going to be, much more than your income, but I'm I'm looking to see how they're generating their revenue from maintenance and from property management and how that's all broken down and then what expenses they have against those things. And that includes employees as well and breaking it down even further on payroll taxes to bonuses that they may give because that all hits that bottom line. And sometimes we give money away to employees thinking that will make them happy and it really affects the profit. Of the company you know the profitability so we can't always just do that because we want to be nice so we have to make sure that the money is there part um looking at their org chart looking at all the roles and responsibilities job descriptions that's another big one is making sure each employee has a job description and they understand what their role is so um, and job descriptions are important essentially if you were to go out and hire somebody they need to know really what is my core function and it, it's a one-page it's not, it's not anything that's like, you know, five pages long. It's a simple couple, you know, bullet points on what their overall 30,000 foot view job description should be. The roles of what they do with that particular job, we define a little bit later. If they have any processes in place, I wanna see them as they are today. And how are those in? A lot of people have them written down like in Word or in Google Doc, and that's okay. And if that's the way they want to keep it going, then we kind of revise that and look at the processes today. A lot of people don't ever touch their, they, they do it once and they never touch them again, um, or they don't do them at all. Uh, policies and procedures, if they have any, making sure that um, we're looking at those policies and procedures for each of those processes. Um, and that's where it gets really fine tuned. A lot of people don't have that, but you know, I, I hate to use this analogy, but it's the best thing, you know, if you get hit by a bus, what's gonna happen? Are these, you know, 
I get a lot of people who say everything's in my head, which is very common for a business owner or for their number one or number two in charge, right? If that, if something happens, if we, you know, you take a sick leave, we, something happens that they're not in the office for a while. How do we get that information out of them? And how do we put, build that so that everybody's on the same page? That's the biggest thing is making sure everything's written down somewhere. At the same thing, at the same, it, what it will do is it will also value the company a little bit better. So if they're looking to sell their business at some point down the road, they can, the, their business will be of more value if they have processes in place. So I just increase their acquisition cost, you know, cost is by doing that. And it may not even match the person who's buying them, but the simple fact that they have everything in place, that new company may go, wow, I like how they're doing it this way. It's, it's how they're valued. So if you don't have anything written down, nothing in place, and it's just, you know, you're buying a book of business that could go away in six months because the owners are going to be fed up and mad. So if you have systems and all of these processes and procedures, owners are happy, they will stay, you know, you get acquired, that company takes on this, you know, they have also built in processes. It just, it drives efficiency. Owners like consistent, you know, results. And that's what is going to keep the business going. What's the best way for a um, property manager to get in touch with you so that they can see if it makes um, sense? Well, I, you can go to my website. So I, I realtimeconsultingservices.com or wefixyourbiz.com. Um, I have, you can schedule an appointment on my calendar and we, you know, first initial conference, you know, you know, consultation call is there's no cost to it. Try to figure out what is going on. Um, you can email me at dnewell at realtimeconsultingservices.com if you want to call me directly. My cell phone might start blowing up, but you can uh, text me <laughs> on my cell or call me and it's 612-669-4464. I also want to add, um, before we jump into questions for anyone that stayed this long, and if you listen to the podcast later and you stayed through the whole thing, uh, you're in luck. We're, we're giving a, a, a Deb special coupon code for anyone that wants to start with Latchel. That's just D-E-B-R-T-C-20. Deb R-T-C-20. Use that coupon code and you get 20% off your first month. And if you uh, meet with Deb, she'll actually get you even better pricing on Latchel because mm -hmm. she has, she gets special deb pricing for, for her. I customers. do get, I do get special deb pricing, you know, <laughs> and that's, I, I, it makes, this is what makes, I want to make sure my clients are taken care of. So that's where I become a value to them is making, you know, I'm connecting with vendors and making sure that the product fits the client's needs. And you guys know this, I'm always heavily invested in my clients. And when I, hear things, I'm literally calling you up. And and that's really the advantage of why they go with me is they know I know the people. It's I have the connections and that's good because then I can reach out because I, you know, I know you guys care, but you guys can't always know what's going on. And, you know, things happen. And, and I always say that software is not perfect either. No software is. There's glitches, things break. Um, humans aren't perfect. Things happen, but can we fix it and move on and and get past that and and make everybody happy? Awesome. Um, let's open it up to questions. So feel free to. Ch I guess there's a ask a question button. Click the ask a question button. 
Um, I actually have one I've stored up. Okay. So if we don't have anyone post anything in the next like few seconds here, I'm going to ask the first one. Okay. And actually, I'm just going to ask it because I'm sure everyone else is thinking this too. I think being a business owner, there's always, you always hit a point where it, it might be the most difficult problem you've run do, into. It might be you hit that plateau, <clears throat> but you always, I, I think as a business owner, at some point hit this point of questioning, like, am I even doing the right thing? Mm-hmm. Like, am I even on the right track here? Have you ever hit that point in either of your businesses? What was it? How'd you get around it? Is this, is this now therapy? <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> this is like, yeah, I, I just want someone to commiserate with now, actually. Oh, <laughs> yes. No, I think everybody hits that plateau. Everybody does. And yes, I have as well. So, um, but that's where I, I have learned to probably take, it's, it's that whole, you know, before you send that email, wait five minutes type of thing. Um, before you send an email, it's the same thing in business. You just have to kind of take a step back and breathe and look at it from a different angle. And so, and honestly, you're going to laugh. But what I do is I tend to sleep on things because when I go to sleep, I feel like my brain resets. And so the next morning, either I go, well, that wasn't a big deal. Or I just, you know, um, yeah, I, I actually, one of my... Um, one of my employees actually kind of taught me that she has taught me that over the years, if I just pause long enough to not react, right? That's the biggest thing is to not react immediately. That knee jerk reaction, pause long enough, then we can look at it at a fresh angle. And I do know now, you know, there's two sides to every story. There's always, you know, there's probably a reason why somebody did something or why I'm hitting this plateau and why I can't move past it. So, and that's where I reach out to my network of friends and mm. people I know that also helps. It's again, kind of that therapy of talking to them and asking them for their advice on, you know, how do I approach this? You know, I will say I'm not the best marketer in the world, but I have really a good team of people that I trust and that I can go, here's my idea, but I don't know how to make it happen. Are so, there like networks that you would suggest people join to get that like idea um, sharing? So I'm like, I'm part of a whole bunch of different networks. I do a couple different masterminds, um, NARPM. I know that's been um, spoken about before. Um, That's like a a very big community of property managers that commiserate. And so there's a lot of Facebook groups online for those. Mm -hmm. Um, And then um, I belong, you know, I I know Brian and and Jonathan mentioned this last week as well, because I'd listened to them, but um, I do go to IRAM. Um, and I go to IMN and um, NAR and um, Five Star. So I actually hit a lot of conferences because mm. I'm hitting a lot of different people. But I'm also, you know, I do um, part of the masterminds I belong to are not NARPM based, but um, they're focusing on the real estate industry. And so I'm hitting different, I'm, I'm just learning different views. I'm always constantly wanting to learn. I read a lot, I love audibles. So I'm listening to a lot of books and trying to gather a lot of ideas. And that's how I just build on things and tweak things. And I'm continually improving my you know, process as well. So I, I know we actually touched on um, Brian and uh, Jonathan's question, yeah. but I'll, oh, I'm going to just yeah. go back to it a little bit more explicitly because we, we will. Oh, I didn't over it. 
Got it. They asked if you know anything about projectmanager.com. It's a cloud-based project management software. I don't know if you know that one. What, how would you rate that one? Are there other? I don't. I do know of others. I think I, I'm. I'm guessing they're talking about maintenance for being project man. I'm assuming it's going to be maintenance based. Um, there are others. There's one called Workwave, is one. Um, M Help Desk. I know other people's people's people use, um, and I've worked with um, clients that have used both of those. I haven't heard of this one that they've mentioned though. Do you suggest WorkWave and um, Help Desk? I do. I mean, again, it depends on the client. I have, I have clients that use both. Um, okay. And um, I have clients that use um, the exact. So here's another number one thing I get when it comes to maintenance. So, and I can go on this for, this would be a whole nother webinar on this, but with maintenance, just focusing just on maintenance and how that, that whole operation works. I firmly believe if you're not getting paid for doing maintenance, you're doing it. I mean, something's wrong because maintenance is not property management. It is a separate, entirely separate business. It's a, it, it, whether it's a division or a different company, it's, there's a lot that goes on with coordinating, facilitating, um, you know, project managing the whole job, whether it's a single work order with one item or it's a turnover or if it's a renovation, we just, you know, we're not going to do this for free. And that we can become the experts for the owner in our area by, you know, utilizing the right tools, but, you know, also dictating whether or not we're dictating prices to our vendors or we, you know, having standardized pricing, have we developed that? Like there are all these different things that we can do to build that piece of the business to generate its own profit. So would that be, do you mean like hiring maintenance techs internally? Yeah. So, versus, yeah. so having an internal team versus an external team versus a hybrid, right? So you're going to have some companies who are going to have third-party vendors for maybe HVAC, plumbing, and electrical, mm, right? So sure. your big life, I always call it your big license things, right? And um, then you're going to have maybe some in-house uh, technicians, like your general handyman, right? So the stuff that is that they can do pretty much on a daily basis, and then um, a majority of the make readies. Is there like a method that you, or a couple methods that you commonly recommend for making that a profit center, like upcharge or just increase your I monthly do. rate? I love maintenance. I do. I love maintenance. I think it's fun. I think there's a lot of money into it, uh, money in it. And I think there's a lot of opportunity. Um, there's different ways. So you can charge a maintenance facilitation fee. So mm -hmm. maybe that's, that's the easiest thing, right? Maybe you charge something for every single work order you generate. Just like a maybe flat you, fee. Yeah. Like a flat fee. Some people do it on a dollar. Some people do it a percentage. Um, then you go into maybe you charge a percentage like 10% or 20% on every single work order, regardless of what it is. Mm. And that's, you know, and I do also believe in disclosing all of this on your, in your management agreement too. So you need to disclose what you're doing so that the owner doesn't feel like they're being had, right? That they're, right. it's Not one surprised. more fee. And, and the other thing, you know, it's an easy conversation with an owner when they're like, well, you know, you're just, you, you know, you're, you guys are doing this so you can get all the business. And really, it's, you know, you're free to do your own maintenance. But that means you're going to coordinate the, the vendor with a tenant. Like, we're stepping out. I'm not going to be liable for, you know, Uncle Joe, who is not licensed to go in and who also may have a, a rap sheet the size the length of my okay. arm. And I don't know it. 
And so there's, we have to, as a company, we have to have protections in place. So it's all about risk as well. And so it becomes an easy conversation and we're not, we're also trying, you know, we're control freaks, property managers, like we're type A. This is why we started this business. We're entrepreneurs. So we're going into this because we really want to control the entire operation from start to finish. And that is how, if we, you know, are doing it right, we, it works. I do want to be conscious of the time we're coming up to the uh, top sure. of the hour. I think we could d definitely dive in deeper on any one of these topics and we should think about scheduling a follow-up follow -up conversation. Uh, Ethan, is there yeah. anything else you'd like to add? I just want to thank everyone for tuning in. Deb, thank you for joining yeah, us. Thank you. Um, there's, we'll definitely have to schedule a follow-up for more questions. And again, for anyone listening, if you're interested in checking out real-time consulting services, you can head to, uh, what were those? Two links that you want people to head to, Deb? Oh, um, oh yeah. So you can go realtimeconsultingservices.com or wefixyourbiz.com. And if you go backslash tools, then you can, uh, we talked a little bit in the beginning, um, in the middle of a uh, podcast about yeah. some tools. Yeah. And we're going to take those links too and we'll put them in the notes. Sure. Uh, so you can just click there. Um, thanks, everyone. We'll see you next thank week. You. And Deb, right. again, thank Here you so much. Thanks. All right. Bye. All right. See ya. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date. Hit that subscribe button. Give us some love. Maybe give us a five-star review too if you like what you're hearing. And I have an ask for you. I'd like you to go to latchel.com and click the book a demo button to schedule time to talk with us. We want to hear about your business, how you've been, how you're growing, how maintenance is going at your company. Maybe we can work together. Maybe not but you won't know unless you talk to us. So go to latchel.com, click the book a demo button. I'm looking forward to talking to you. I know the rest of our team here is. So go do that as soon as you can. Thanks everyone. See you back next week.